This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we are West End, actually. We've come back into the West End. We were in West London before. But this time we thought, tell you something, we need to go in slightly more neutral territory. So we're at the West End, rather noisy West End, because everyone's out. They're all enjoying themselves, having a laugh, like you know what I'm saying. They obviously weren't at the match last night. We're at the Lamb and Flag in Covent Garden. If you haven't been here, it's right in the middle of Covent Garden. Proper old school. There's a little logo at the top there. It's a bit Preston North End, isn't it? Well, West End boys, aren't we? It's a dead end world. It's a dead end world with Preston North End. Um, stained glass window right above us as well. I uh, might take a photograph of it and post that on Twitter just because uh, just we've got nothing else to do at the time, like, you know. But anyway, listen, I'm Billy Grant at the Lemon Flag. If you're in Covent Garden, come here. It's actually wicked. Apparently, there's some sort of kind of 14th, 15th century proper old school pub. Really nice on two floors. We're upstairs, but sometimes we go downstairs. Loads of people standing outside, just hanging out there, drinking, eating, doing whatever they want to. But um, I, I, I've been struggling because I've been, you know, you might think this is a bit ramshackle where we just turn up in the pub and talk about stuff. We, we do try and prepare things, like, you know. And I sat down today and I was trying to prepare today about the podcast and I was talking to Laney and all the other characters with on me and I was, I was struggling because. I'll be honest with you, I just couldn't get past Derby County. I couldn't get past yesterday. I just couldn't get past what happened on the pitch in Griffin Park yesterday. It's absolutely floored me. It's, it's like it's the equivalent of writer's block, you know, when you've got like a million ideas in your head and uh, if for whatever reason you just can't articulate what it is. You're just confused, Bill. You, um, you just can't, you can't put into words what isn't working and I think there's a lot of Brentford fans uh, of, a, of a similar mindset you know what they see is really attractive football but what they're not getting is winning football and it's kind of like we're at a, it's, it's a clash it's a clash of cultures it's like oil and water for whatever reason their end product is, isn't, isn't what the, 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 the 90 minutes of football should bring and we, we, none of us really know why that's happening and yes, and Laney's talked about that as well. I mean, he's even probably explained it better than I would have done because I can't even get that far because I, all I saw was a really terrible team out there, as in Derby County. Some people might say they were very professional. They did, but we'll talk about this later, but I am absolutely stumped and I thought that was our worst result of the season. But anyway, I'm Billy Grom. I'm in the lemon flag. I've got a pint of pride in front of me now. I'll be drinking it, so I feel a little bit more relaxed. Not massively, but a little bit more relaxed. And I'm sitting here with, as you just heard him, just speaking there, Dave Lane. How you doing? I'm all right. Um, yeah, I'm not as down as a lot of people um, are. I'm still ma- massively um, happy that I'm watching um, lovely football. I'm entertained, if nothing else. Um, but the problem is that I'm also kind of 
I don't really want to watch um, draws and defeats every week either. So, you know, we, we talk about this as the night unfolds. And, you know, there's a, I think a lot of, lot of fans, well, I think all fans have got like a very, very... Um, Kind of, they're opinionated on this. It, 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 it's not divide. I wouldn't say it divides us. Although you know, Matthew Benham put out a tweet last night that kind of we'll talk about it a bit. Yeah. So anyway, listen, we've got the um, we've also got the liberal. The liberal is back. He's actually parked his tractor outside. Um, somehow he hasn't got a parking ticket, so he must have some sort of kind of. He must have gone to Westminster, you know, got some sort of parliamentary privilege with his mates down there, and uh, managed to sort himself out. The liberal, how are you doing? I'm all right, but rubbish bill. We're in Covent Garden. There used to be a market here, of course. You know, I've driven up with me fruit and veg. You know, got me got me cider apples, and uh, going to be going to be selling them. Um, you know, be selling them later tonight. You know, coming up, come up my apples and pears. Um, for it all I'm, I'm not as down as you are because I'm a Brentford fan and I would be really down if I were a Derby fan imagine you've got to watch for the rest of the season you've got to watch that team playing football they were dire they were really really dire and at least we can moan about good players playing decent football and not being able to put the ball in the back of the net Derby, all they can talk about is how many fouls and how many cheating dives and how many penalty claims they might be able to make for the rest of the season. I was disgusted by their behaviour last night. Liberals, you know when the Liberals are not happy then it's not a good thing at all. We've also got, and it's his first appearance this season, the Lord Lucan. The Gucan, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good, yeah, yeah. I've, so I might have some copyright infringement. I might have to do a Brentford and change my badge. You can change, change your badge, or maybe you might have to. Um, I will. I will consult my fans and beforehand. How many, and how many, how many legs are you going to have, Luke? That's right. Or maybe, or maybe, it's, maybe it's just a legal battle that will go on. Like you know, what I'm saying, like the old CPO. Uh, I don't know. I might change my name to Lionel Rose. Yeah. Maybe you should just change your name to Tarkowski. There's another one that just goes missing. I'm planning no strike action this time. Actually, we could do a poll. Who, who do we think will go on strike by Christmas? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. But anyway, we'll come back to all of this because, like I said to you, we're going to Billy, try and pick ourselves up. You know what I'm saying? I'm definitely trying to pick myself up. And we've been desperately looking around for uh, other bits of news, just anything that might have uh, made us happy, made us laugh, made us just, just distract us from what's happening there on the pitch. Uh, one thing I will say, actually, is that it's always okay to beg to beg for things because if you don't ask you don't get and remember last week I, I begged a review I begged I said please go out there and just please write about us and fair play to Dave TJD he went out there and he wrote a lovely review of us on iTunes out there as well so if any one of you also wants to write a review for us you, you can do you get a name check it's really <laughs> simple and I'm going to also name check Lord Baron Besby76 Bishby HROCK78 Bees at Lionel Road, even though he keeps saying some strange things every now and again, so I'm not sure exactly where he lands, but anyway, it's all good. And bees are good as well, you know. We've got loads of reviews. We've got loads of, honestly, if you've you not watched, you've no, not listened. No, no, no. Oh, people are very, very happy uh, with five star. No, no, I'm back. It's going to go through the roof. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, we, 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 you notice that we, we, we limit liberal time, actually, you see, because, you know, it's like, like radio stations which only play like liberal, like you know what I'm saying? He's like the three o'clock in the morning <laughs> slot. 
that's right. We don't, we don't pre-announce him. We don't post-announce him. We just very much. He says a few things and then we let him leave. I am your very early morning DJ. Yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for uh, giving us the big up. We just do what we want to do. We try and enjoy it. It was quite difficult coming down here on the train and actually doing this one today because I thought that Derby County thing has floored me big time, but we need to, um, we need to just get it out of our system. We've got some good news, though. Ricky Evans, Brentford fan, but won his boxing match on Saturday at Bethnal Green, so you're big up to him. That's right, big up we'll, we'll to that. Two wins, two wins this season. That's right, big up to the Ricky Evans as well. So a lot of bees went down there as well, had a good uh, Saturday, um, and which is all good. So the Ricky Evans, and I think he's got another slight fight lined up towards the end of the year as well, which he's going to announce very, very soon, which is all good. So uh, which, is probably, fan, which is probably be the next time we win a game too, you know. Yeah. Hey. Here you go. Is it, when, when are we playing Burton at home, Ricky? That's right. Yeah, I'm going to carry on with this bigging up as well because there's other people that's bigged us up on Twitter, like Chris White. We've got he, he talked to me about Hatfield as well. So listen, um, if I'm in Hatfield, we can go out for a little beer. Hat, yes, he's my Hatfield friend, if you don't mind. As well. I'm, I'm going to be a Hatfield. Yes, he's my friend, if you don't mind. I've never met him, but he is my just a friend. Okay, Hatfield friend. <laughs> oh dear, Willow, he was done some good things. Anthony Hanlon. And Katie Graham even talked to us about the diversity. We were talking diversity last week, and she was very happy about that. So listen, there's loads of other people. I haven't left you all out, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just, just do this, because you know, it just makes us feel better now, because we're feeling really down, and we just thought, look, let's just add this to the pot. But anyway, fortunately, unfortunately, fortunately, we're going to go back to Saturday, because we played Bolton Wanderers. We've forgotten all about that Bolton Wanderers game. We went up to Bolton and we did very well. Okay, they might be bottom of the league, but we've got to only can beat what's ahead of you. We went to Bolton, we beat them 3-0 with three absolute worldies. Fantastic game, fantastic result. We were really uplifted after that. And then we played Derby County and it felt like a loss, even though we equalised in the very last minute. And we were downlifted by that. Let's go back to the pub to listen to what the fans had to say after the Derby game in particular because we're not even going to go back to the Bolton game. Oh, we were looking at half-time at 84% possession. It's just unheard of and yet never really looked like scoring. And I, I don't know, I feel a little bit flat off. that. delighted to get the, you know, the goal at the end, the point that, that clearly we deserved. But for all that possession and all that, we just don't look cutting edge enough still. And I sometimes think we have to worry. When we say we played well, do we mean we played good football or do we play well? I didn't, I didn't think we did enough to win that game. And really, it was there for the taking, for all Derby spending. I didn't really think that they looked particularly good and they weren't particularly ambitious. As you say, they put 27 men back behind the ball and the only time they really went forward again was when we, when we equalised and they thought they might try and nick the game. So I wasn't very impressed with Derby, but I still think we need to do a little bit more. Bill, it wasn't nice to watch, but it's not anti-football. You put your... We just had to play the game, didn't we? You guys were playing football, we had to defend. We were set up to get you on the counter. That's why we turned up with Lawrence and Bennett on the wings. I mean, I, I don't know what our match game plan was today, to be honest. The second half, when the ball was at your end, we were joking at half-time, okay, we're not going to see the ball. Then we saw the ball two or three times. The Italians would be watching that, saying, what a great descent, defensive... You had all that ball, though, but you didn't really generate a lot. We just seemed to lack a bit of ideas, no energy in midfield. Poor Tom Huddleston, I mean, I've got nothing against Tom, but... 
too many wayward passes today not really in it you had a lot of possession but didn't do enough with the possession that's what we did when we had Paul Clement we had a lot of possession but didn't do anything with it possession does not win you football and that was an incredibly frustrating game uh, I walked away thinking that was like one of the worst performances I've seen offensively in uh, I can't think when but I've just spent a bit of time speaking to the Derby fans sorry what, what, worst performance by who? by Brentford offensively having basically effectively a training game for 70 minutes and we showed no signs even the goal and not really many signs of scoring at all the goal seemed a bit listen Flojo had done a good bit of work on the left and he got the right reflection of Watkins fair play to him but even that didn't look like a goal and I've come to the pub now and I've seen the Derby fans looking 10 times more impressed than we are and I actually feel alright now <laughs> yeah but it is a bit of a reality check you, you've got Derby at home and, and they're cheering when they get a touch of the ball so you have to, you have to remember how well you how far you've come but from their point of view so just speaking to a few Derby lads here who do look very upset and very down so they've been tucked away in that Brook Road Wendy house they haven't seen the ball the whole half <laughs> and we've brought Chris Meppham on alright no disrespect to the lads but Sorry, and could you explain to people who's Chris Meppham so Chris Meppham the young lad probably covered the UFC System, maybe his third, fourth professional game ever that I've known of it with their striking powers of Nugent like he scored for England we've got Chris Martin who's done the business in the championship we've got Vidra who fired Watford to the championship all this why they're not thinking at the very least let's attack this young man and, and with great chances they showed absolutely no interest it's, uh, it's a bit shocking really because no, no, there's probably a counter attack and go on them but they didn't want it and, it, and to our benefit as the season goes on the conference is going to drain and that's where we are now we're, we're at a season where we're, we're at a point where five games in oh, we were unlucky seven games in oh, we're quite unlucky and we're ten games in or so it's actually maybe we're not that good and that's how I'm feeling as a fan that's probably creeping through the players all down the wings we raided we came across but I think that we've got a weakness in receiving the ball more pay when it's played into him he's not laying it off he's getting angry and I, that's got to change I think Shabu would have been better to play in there but I, thought, I was very impressed with the way we played tonight I thought it was really good and I thought we controlled midfield I liked it when Josh came on I thought Romain Sawyers was really creative as well and I thought Nico Leonaris was tremendous too so I thought all round we were really good we just lacked the cutting edge which has been the problem all year I'm glad I don't have to watch Derby every week uh, it would drive my nuts in it really would I mean why Gary Rowler is regarded as a good manager I don't know because I mean this Derby team the Birmingham team that he had still played exactly the same way bunch of bunch of cloggers and uh, gosh I'm glad I don't have to watch them any week just to correct you Bill though we've played 10 games this season and we've got 8 points um, in the league and we are currently 5th off the bottom and I've said previously on this podcast that we've got you know we've got to judge where we are after 10 games and I think where we are is probably about right in the league Two games, two different results. Fans were feeling very different after both those games. Bolton game, uh, Brentford, we started off a little bit shaky, to be quite honest with you. Um, Bolton really took the game to Brentford. Um, Bentley played two really good saves in the first, what, 15, 10, 15 minutes. Two really good saves, but then after that, we got our mojo, um, we got the substitution, where Barbe came on for Egan who uh, got knocked out in the, in, the, in the area with a Bolton player, to be fair. 
Bone player got up and he was all right, but Negan was locked out a bit. He ran around for a bit, then he felt dizzy. So he got taken off and Barbe came on. Bit gutted about that. I thought, oh my God, we've, we've wasted the substitution. However, what's it, the third half, half an hour into the game. Absolutely fantastic free kick and it was brilliant. So we ran that game and after that, Bolton, they didn't have a look back on that game. Now, that, that was fantastic. I mean, that for me was a professional, they were doing a professional job. Um, we had people like, you know, Watkins was running around. He was doing his thing. They couldn't handle him. They were tripping him up on the edge of the area. We were getting free clicks aplenty. I thought that Brentford uh, did a great job there. And then we came to the Derby game. And I can't even talk about the Derby game. I might have to hand that over to somebody else about that you one. need to get a grip. Yeah, I need to get a grip. I need to get a grip. But listen, Saturday, what were you thinking on Saturday after that result? And, and looking how we did. Uh, after Saturday, you know, getting the monkey off our back and, and proving that we could win, I think a lot of people, I think every, all of us were just hoping that we could just make up for lost time, we could crack on. You know, and I, I jokingly tweeted after, after the game that we were only eight points away from the playoffs. And then you realise, you know, yeah, the season is in its early stages still. There's still a huge amount to play for. After having a very poor start to the season, you know, we were, we were, we were still within spitting distance of the playoffs so you know we expected that we would get oh there's some there's some American birthday action going on well we, we hoped that we were going to the derby game and then we would get another win and we'd go on a little sequence of runs sequence of wins that would really put us back in contention so I think we all thought that the derby game would be and hoped it would be another victory and then we would really really start to reel in the, those above us and those people around me are really impressed by, by what I just said. Yeah, if it is your birthday and you're listening, that's for you. That's going out for you. Um, oh, there we go. We've got an encore. We've got an encore. Um, yeah, I mean, you introduced me, Bill, with a link about a dead 80-year-old, so I'm feeling pretty down. But uh, what the, the, the malaise, I actually thought after Saturday we'd kick on in typical Dean Smith fashion. We'd then have about six really good games like in a run. And, uh, and I'm not sure it now at the minute, is it wor- would it be better for us to actually be very bad in these games we don't get the results, so the things we need to change are more obvious? Or are we happy? What other things we need to change is the question. Yeah, well, we seem to be scoring from distance um, and not scoring close up. Um, we Oli Watkins scored from close up on set on, on yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. And, and he scored, yeah. And well, we got, and Yotta was setting them close up as well. So I take that, I take that back. I'm basing my, basing the season on one game, got carried away in Bolton. Um, but I'd like to see more of Bolton. I'd like to see more shots. I'd like to see it's or have it, one silver lining is you look at the spread of goals in the squads. It's actually quite good already, and it's probably better than other seasons. We've already got about eight players have scored. Okay, I'm going to just come back to this and I'm going to talk back to this interesting because you picked Bolton and said we're scoring goals from distance. One thing I will say though, to be fair, Bolton didn't put 49 players in the area. You know what I'm saying? So when you're taking a shot, you know, if you've got 49 players in the area, the chance of it pinging off somebody is going to be more likely than when you've got sort of one player in the area. You know what I'm saying? So when we were shooting against them, you know, it was one-on-one, one-on-two against Bolton, whereas Derby literally, deliberately, absolutely jam-packed that area which made it difficult for us to score. Yeah, this, and well, we were talking about this earlier, off-tape, uh, about the, these parallels with Arsenal, about us kind of playing this, this sort of uh, inoffensive possession and, and inviting teams to think that, you know, at Fortress Griffin Park, 
coming down and set themselves up, park the bus, and then build build upon what they view as a, a drawing position, and then go on the attack. And the, you combine you combine the ineffective passing or possession, or the, 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 the inoffensive possession, with a couple of mistakes at the back, which we're sort of seen prone to every game, and we're allowing teams a soft goal, and we're we're, we're either getting pulled back or we're, or, or, or we're going behind against the run of play. And you see teams, teams like Derby, they see teams like Reading do it, and they think they can do it. The Liberal. Let's get it clear. Bol- Bolton are poop. Bolton are already relegated. You know, forget them. There are, no, there are another two relegation places to scrap for, not three, because Bolton are already down. OK, and sorry, I don't like to interrupt you, but I need to do this at the time, so I remember. I think that's unfair on Bolton. And the reason why I think that's unfair on Bolton because I thought Bolton were better when they actually attacked us than Derby County were. I thought Derby County were atrocious. Derby County were very, very professional. They knew exactly how Brentford played. Gary Rowlett, Gary Rowlett is a good manager. I don't like the, I don't like his style of football, but he's a good manager. And he'd seen how Brentford play, and they put 11 players behind the ball at every possible opportunity. Stopped us, really. They, they were happy for us to play around. With a big... I'm going to disagree with you there. Even the Derby County fans said we were hanging on. We were struggling. Our football was terrible. It was awful. It was ugly. It was clueless. You know what I'm saying? I thought they were t- absolutely rubbish. The word, the word you're looking for is dog shit. <laughs> Sorry, Bill, you're missing my point. No, no, no I'm not. You are. Bill, Derby knew exactly what they needed to do to shut us out of the game. Anyone could do that. Yeah, well, and that's what, and that comes back to my point that I have previously expressed on post-match. It's not football, it's not pretty to watch, and it, and it could be, may mean that we are in for a very frustrating season because we'll play beautiful, tippy-tappy football in three quarters of the pitch, but when it comes to the final getting the ball in the back of the net, unless we are prepared to take shots like we were on Saturday, there is going to be a danger that we're going to end up ending with one-all one draws or two-two draws when um, we might sneak the odd lucky, lucky, win unless we actually become a bit more adventurous and I've said it before we have got no plan B and I mean I, I ironically said on a post-match podcast that you know what we should be doing was lumping it long I mean I meant that in jest because actually no, you didn't. Not, I, meant, <laughs> I meant it in jest because we don't have the players to play that system but at times we have got to vary it up we cannot just pass pass back to button pass it out pass it pass Bentley I keep sorry my bees are all over the place pass it back to Bentley Bentley plays it out blah 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 and then eventually it trickles out because it, the, the, the defence um, the opposition's defence all get behind and nullify any of the attacks we've got to find some other way of pushing it through and I thought what was interesting last night was that Ryan Woods was substituted and I think he was substituted for two reasons one of which he was getting a bit feisty and I think probably could have ended up with a red card and two he wasn't able to push the ball through to Malpe Malpe is a striker that that, that thrives on balls being pushed through, played to his feet. I thought McCreckran, for the, 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 the small amount of time that he was on that, was trying to do that. So if we were going to look ahead to Saturday's game, that, that's the change that I would make. Now, that's a big call because you talk to the opposition supporters and all of them identified Ryan Woods as being our best player. But is he our most effective player? That really is a matter that I'd be interested in hearing the other guys' 
debate. Okay, and I'm going to go to Lainey in a minute, but interesting teams that we've played and teams that we've watched and teams that are doing things that maybe we didn't do. Sheffield United are playing Wolverhampton. Wanderers at the moment now, big spending wars, big money wars, and they've just got one goal ahead with uh, Clark just scoring their goal. But anyway, Lainey. Well, this is why I'm glad we've got a footballing philosophy, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I look at Derby County last night and, you know, they've, they've got this kind of like big club privilege card that they play. They're, 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 they, they feel they're able to play like dog shit because, um, because they choose to. They, they, they won't say we're a bad team, we're inequipped, we're, we're poorly drilled and we haven't actually got a, an adventurous bone in our bodies. We just say we're, we're, we've come here for the draw. This is over the long, this is over the, over the season, we'll get enough points to get in the playoffs. But you've never had, you, it's almost like you won't put your heart on your sleeve. You won't have a playing style. People don't know who you are. You're, you're spoilers, you're divers, you're, you're foulers, you're cheats. And you'll you, you pick up enough points to get you into the playoffs, and then you're expected to play football that gets you into the top flight. You're kidding yourselves. You get into the top flight playing like that, you're going to come back down because you can't play football. At the very least, we're, we're failing, we're, we're ever so slightly failing by playing really well. And, you know, I always have said every, every year I've been a Brentford fan, which is more years than I care to remember now. I've always, always said I'm happy to watch my team lose trying to win and, and I'm seeing that now and that's why I'm not getting, that's why I'm not jumping up and down and getting frustrated. That's not to say I'm really happy with being second best and I'm really, unha- I'm really happy with us not winning and, and just making do. I'm not happy with that either but out, the team that I see that goes out week in, week out now is, um, uh, is adventurous, they are skillful, they're, they're athletes, they're technically gifted, they, um, they're visionary, they're young, they're only going to get better and I'm, I'm really happy with that and yeah of course we can improve and of course there's a long way to go before the finished article and yes of course I thought we were further down this evolution this season than we have been ever but it may not happen this year um, but you know, it isn't the end of the world. And there are people making out it is the end of the world. Demand, last night at tweets, demanding all the coaches are sacked. Really? You know, sack all the coaches for playing pretty football. You know, what, what, what do the, you know, I, I'm, I'm confused too. You know, are, are people really asking for us to play uglier football, create less chances? Um, where, where, where's the guarantee that that's going to co- create more goals? Surely it's all about creating more and more chances and obviously introducing players that are more effective, of players that are on top of their game. Yeah, of course there's always room for Avibe to come back in, um, playing Watkins in a more advanced position sometimes maybe, playing Shibu in a more advanced position or playing him at all um, or, or bringing in one of those rookies from the B team and giving playing a wild card. Sometimes there's, that's where you take, you know, that's where you make your gambles is like playing a left field card out of, out of nowhere. But what I'm seeing, and I, and I said this in my, in my report last night, nothing I've seen this season at all sniffs of anything else apart from Brentford being a very, very, very good championship team. It's not quite working for us at the moment, but we ain't going down. That's why I, that's why I like you, Dave, because you've got principles and you stick to your principles. But sometimes... It doesn't sit on the fence like the Liberals, yeah? Let me finish my argument. Sometimes you have to think about your principles and whether they're actually you're in danger of them. In my previous existence, I had principles. I believed that actually that, you know, there were necessarily, there probably had to be austerity measures. 
I thought that actually tuition fees, you couldn't just abolish them overnight. I thought that there wasn't such thing as a magic money, tr- mon- money tree. One of the, that's one of the reasons why it was a previous existence in my life rather than the current existence in my life. Sometimes you have to bend to the will of the people and, and listen to what outsiders are saying. And, you know, I'm not going to say rise to the, rise to the, the, the mob, uh, don't listen to what people are saying on Twitter, but there are respected professionals who are coming out and saying Brentford are playing good football, but they're not converting their chances. The XG ratio, that you had that really, really fascinating. And how long, yeah, but how long can we stick to our principles? Before, but our principals could see us back in the in well, the second yeah. division. But when does it become expected safety and actual relegation? I don't. I don't think we'll go down. But it's diminish. It's like diminishing returns each year. You look. You look. Someone starts supporting Brentford tomorrow. Um, Cameron Diaz, maybe. Uh, you know, you're looking at fifth place, ninth place, tenth place. Where this season? I, I would say lower than tenth. So we're sort of stepping backwards. And they, when you see a team. When you see teams, in, particularly in the FA Cup, and they give it, they give, they play a team from a division above, and they give it a good go, and they they play great. And there's a but there's a difference between the quality. The, the style is amazing, but the quality isn't quite there. So 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 their brilliant style of football isn't as good as a better team's ugly football. And maybe we're having that with slightly more cynical professional teams like Dar- like Derby and Reading, and even people like Bristol City who can pick pockets. Coming in, and I, I think it's definitely something about at home. We, we we've looked nervy at home the last couple of years. There's, 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 we've, we've not turned it into a fault because we, we started slow, um, which is probably the way our, our football dictates. Actually, we're not we're not we're not a throw the, throw everything at them team. We're, we're kind of work them out and actually you know get get ourselves ready and then make a chance. But look, people remember goals if you're, if, you, if you're giving up a night or you're giving up a Saturday and you're spending money you're losing brownie points with a family or whatever or you're taking shifts off work right? you remember the goals you don't remember the, the half chances and the deflections and the throw-ins and the corners it, it, it's that thing it's, it's like Dave said it's that clash of cultures OK, so in, I mean, interesting conversation here now, is this coming back to and it's interesting you're talking about social media or people saying on social media Every now and again, we keep on harking back to Brentford's budget, where we are, where we should be, the fact that we know we're bottom three, bottom four. One thing I'm going to have to, to talk about as well is that, and, and we've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast, but it's, it's becoming more, slightly more and more evident now. The, not only the expectation, but you're talking like we should be a top six side, we should be a top four side. There's a lot of talk about Brentford we should be doing this. We should be doing this in this division. We buy these new players and then we should be scoring goals aplenty. We should, we're buying players for like a tenth of the price that other people are buying them for and we're expecting them to do things straight away. And that, to me, I think is a big problem as well because all the fans, right, are expecting us to have this brilliant way of operating where we go and find these players from God knows where, pay very little money for them, pay much less money than everybody else does, and then expect them to deliver immediately, right? And then they slag them off for eight months or ten months or twelve months. Then they come good, then everyone forgets it. They all jump up and down, they go really brilliant. They forget they've been slagging them off for a year. And then they get really good, then they get sold, right? And then, and then we move on. About yeah. And then we have a cycle, we do it again. And I'd say that people around this table have been guilty of doing that similar thing as well. And we have to, all I'm trying to say to you... Yo, 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 Hang on. No, 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 no. I have never, I have never, I have consistently gone on record 
as saying, actually, I think Brentford are a mid-table championship club and we shouldn't be getting too above ourselves. I've never actually wanted to see us in the Premier... I don't want to see us in the Premiership for all, for a whole variety of reasons, but we won't get into the Premiership. We are not a Premiership club. We haven't got the budget, we haven't got the resources and we haven't got the talent to be so, that. So what I'm saying is that maybe we have to give it a break and just realise that certain stuff ain't going to happen or it'll happen a little bit later. But everyone wants everything... Yesterday, you, you, you ask fans, you ask championship fans where their team's going to finish. There's 22 teams in the playoffs or above, and there's and Barnsley and Burton going down. And oh, there's, a, there's a very opinionated fans. We've got American podcasts, they believe that they can shout. Uh, yeah, but we, we, I don't know where people's expectations are. We, we were saying that Alan Bird used to always say, Well, over un, un, under promise and over deliver. And I think we, we started believing our, our own hype. Who's this this, this Alan season, uh, Alan Burt Alan uh, on, on the board. Yeah, we had big. We had hashtag big new ambitions the last year or two on the back of the buses. Um, I don't know what we got this year. Hashtag reality bites or something. Um, and now we've we we need to reassess. And part of it was other other fans, other fans, and other clubs. You know, you look in, you look in the, the, the media, they were tipping us to be dark horses. They were tipping us to be this kind of, these kind of um, uh, gem diamond sort of polishers. And, and like you were saying... The but that's because, that's because the way we finished last season. We finished brilliantly last season. When, you know when, when, when there was nothing to play for. I, I've got a feeling Dean Smith is not a big game manager. I think, I think he'd beat Brazil in a friendly and then he'd go and lose to Latvia. If he was England manager in a, in a, in a must-win qualifier, he just he, he doesn't. He's a bit like England. You, you, you top the teams they've actually won in, or beaten in, in meaningful games. I think I think he's. You look back the last two and a half years or whatever of his management. There's very few must-wins he's actually delivered on. But when there is nothing to play for, we we we, we win away at Sheffield Wednesday. So he he defies us. But maybe maybe the, that is the whole culture of the club. We we defy the expectation. The, you know, we, we are, we're not as fans. We're not massively experienced at this level. We have one season in my lifetime, at, you know, in the second tier. Um, what, but what the last three seasons have proved to me is that we get, we seem to all get wrapped up in this kind of like um, this, this calamity doom. We're all going to die, and then we forget it is a nine-month season, and then we get on it. We go on a good run, then it all ends up all right, and then we all, we all, oh, then we're, we're, it's all euphoric and like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna take on the world next year. You know, it's almost like when it's bad, it's like the most awful thing in the world, and when it's good, it's the most, it's the best thing in the world. And we, we, we're either we're either sort of like thumbs up or thumbs down. There seems to be nothing in between. And I think I, I don't I don't mean this patronising, but I think some people need to take a bit of a chill pill and just kind of not. I don't mean to say like just just be pleased that we're here because again I, I go back to the it isn't right to accept second best. But you know if if we can survive in this division for another year, it's another year that I thought we would never be here. And and I, but I will go back to what some people. Are demanding, you know. They they're ask they're after after us being more um, ruthless in front of goal, but they seem to don't they don't want us to create all these chances and they don't want us to have all this possession. So how how are we going to score these chances? It's like it's like say it's like your solution to catching more fish is to spend send a smaller boat out there with a smaller net and you're going to get more fish. So you know we 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 are the best. We we we've got the most chances in front of goal still. 
we, 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 we take the most chances and we've got the most possession. We're playing great football. At some stage, it is going to come good. We, we aren't going to be, we're not, we are not going to be bottom feeders. We're not. And, and just coming back to that fact, and I'll go to Lou in a minute, and, and that is, and I know we always mention stats here and stats there, but it's, the fact is, it's quite interesting to see what's going on, and, and out of the players that are doing the business out there, you know, Watkins is, is you know, he's coming in good in his figures, you know, um, Sawyers is coming good in his figures. Um, I think there's a player that's obviously been thrown in the deep end a little bit, which is Malpay, and he's been thrown in there. Obviously, Bebe is going to play up front, he's got injured. Malpay's been thrown in the, in the middle there, and he's trying, and the back two is that he isn't delivering. We all know he's not delivering. I mean, I think his shot percentage is something like 30 odd percent or something like that. He's not getting the service. He's not getting the right No, his service. shot percentage, the amount of shots that he takes to actually, he's getting, it's about 30%, so it's kind of, he's not hitting the target, he's not doing what he needs to do, unfortunately. Whether or not that will get better or not, um, we shall see. Yeah, I, was, I was going to respond to, to what Dave was saying. I mean, we, we want to grow our fan base and we want to fill a stadium that is 50% bigger than, than our current one. So, And we've had f- almost half a decade of, of, of upward surge. And I'd probably say since, since leaving League Two in, in nine years ago, we've been on the up, up and up, really. So this is the first time we've stalled in terms of progression. And I think there's a lot of new, newer fans or maybe younger fans that, you know, they don't have that CV of, I went to Newport before there was electricity on a Tuesday night and we, we almost died in the landslide on the way back. So, so, so their expectations are different. And why not have great expectations rather than mitigate it with at least, at least we're not shit. And I, I, do, I, 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 do, I do really understand your point as well because I'm someone who's, who would love to see their team playing well all the time? But I do, uh, you know, it's a bit like you know, when Ashley Cole cheated on uh, Cheryl Cole. He said, you know, you, you love having steak at home, but sometimes you just want a cheeseburger. You know, and I, I want a, di- I want a dirty win. I want, a, I want a Big Mac. I, I know, of, of course, of course, I agree. And, I, and, I, and I've said a million times, I'm not advocating, I'm not advocating second best, or I don't, I don't turn up to watch, watch us average. I don't. I, don't. I, I know. I, I want us to be the best we can be. But what, what, what is it? What is it? What do you? Why do you? What, what is it? You've stopping us ticking over into getting the result that matches the performance. Because for me, I think that I think the attack's a bit of a mirage. We're all obsessed with these expected goals, and we keep making clumsy mistakes at the back. We don't pick people up, and teams know we're good for a goal at, in, at least one goal in almost every game. I, I say, I say, we're inexperienced. We're, we're, we we lack experience in in, in vital vital key areas, um, and you know. Oh, I, we have to wait for a transfer window to bring that in. You know, Canos, he can come back and he can provide something else, but he, he's still not vastly experienced. You know, Vibay has got experience, but still, you know, you, you, you're not always sure what you get with him. It's the same with McEachran. When he's named, I'm not sure which McEachran I'm going to get. You know, is he going to be the one that does thread those balls into to more pay, or is he going to be the one that's lightweight and gets shrugged off and then gets injured again? It's interesting. You talk about um, defence there as well, and Gary Rowett in his press conference last night, he actually kind of he told the world what he think that the weaknesses were of Brentford, and he felt, and he just said one of his weaknesses he felt is that we felt that crosses in the box were something that Brentford had not dealt as well with, and we felt Jono would give us that in the box. So basically, he felt that if they just lumped the ball into the box, that's going to cause us problems. And obviously it did with the first goal. If you watch the, well, the first goal, the derby goal, if you see what happened there, the ball came down the left-hand side. Um, Dalsgaard didn't deal with it really well. He got man, man got the cross in. Ball went all the way to the back post. 
Rico Henry was marking some sort of seven foot nine character. He kind of shrugged him off. Ball went into the middle. Um, there's a couple of hands up, so we don't know whether or not there was an offside or a push or a foul or something like that. But Brentford players stopped. Barbe stopped. Um, somebody else stopped as well. I can't remember what it was. Ball Sawyer, came into the Sawyer. middle. Sawyers stopped as well. Yeah, uh, and then Sawyers was walked away from his man, who literally headed the ball in the back of the net with no absolute. Um, uh, there's no, there's, there's no one on him. That was, I thought that was quite frustrating because it was a very, very, very soft goal. Again, we gave it away. And I think it's not a case of giving away goals, Lou. It's giving away soft goals, and we've been giving away a lot of really soft goals this season. And you know, as we say that, and we go back to the Sheffield United game, which we were gutted about not even getting a point, never mind three points. And they're literally, and I said, one nil up at half time, and they're in actually in second place at the moment now. So um, they've won seven games so far this season. So yes, okay, they're on a bit of a run because they had a great run back last season. So they've got the momentum going, but still. You know, they're doing all right. I want to also come back to, because we're talking about defence, let's talk about attack, and let's just throw a couple of little stats up there as well. We're talking about the scorers, okay, out there. So Ollie Watkins has scored four goals. He's got an assist. But interestingly, I mean, he's had 20 shots this season. Only half of them have been on target. So 50, only, that might be quite good, 55% of them have been on target. Josh Clark, who scored three goals, he's had nine shots this season. 78% of them have been on target. You know what I'm saying? Um, whereas Neil Malpay, he's had 30 shots this season and of those scored three goals and of those 30 shots 33% are on target so only a third which is 10 of them are on target so you can kind of see where it's going a little bit skew with with our, our players up front maybe yeah I, I, I you know you, you can't argue with that you know um, you, Ollie Watkins he's scoring far more frequently you, you He's coming from deeper areas and he's he's getting his timing right and you can see what a, what a you know prospect he is. He, he he's you know he's reading of the games remarkable. He's played a ridiculous amount of games in this 12-month calendar calendar window. Um, more pay, I still maintain he's not getting the service he wants. And and you know he's had 30 shots though. Yeah, I know, but I, I, yeah, I, he 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 looks at the people he looks at the supply chain and he gives them the eyes he, he he puts his body sideways and he says play it play it to where I was standing two seconds ago or a millisecond ago play it to where my feet were and I'll swivel onto it and i run onto it like the goal he scored at QPR you know he needs to run on when he's got a ball to run onto and he's facing goal I reckon he's a much better player we're giving him the ball outside the box um, he's expected to pass it and ping it in and then run on and expect the one-two. You know, th- these things are very intricate. They, rare- they very rarely pay off at our level. You know, again, the Arsenal analogy. But you, you play that ball behind him, not necessarily the, um, the Hogan kind of service where you're running from even deeper. I think you, he, he's, running from eight- he's running from like 18, 22 yards where Hogan was running from the halfway line. You know, we, we need to give him the service he expects. Again, very young player still. He's not, you know, Morpay is not a, a mature player. He's still learning the game and still acclimatising. So, you know, I, I, I look at him a bit like Jurisin. Jurisin was a, a similar player. He was on the, playing on the last shoulder, asking for that same ball. Jurisin never got it. And at the moment, Morpay isn't either. I think that's a very good point about Jurisin as well. I mean, you can argue about it. You can argue with stats in this respect. And, I, you know, I don't have, I don't have the, the stats, but I, I would suggest that the 30 shots that Morpay has had have all been ones within the penalty box. Some of them probably, some of them might even been within the six-yard box. You know, I mean, and been blocked. 
defenders have thrown themselves at it, keepers have thrown themselves at it, whereas somebody like Watkins and Josh Clark are actually shooting from further out and actually having more success about it. Mopez shots will be scuffed, they'll be coming off his shins, they'll be... They'll be yeah, they'll... Because that's the type of player he is. He will come right if he, as long as he's delivered the right service. And Dave made exactly the right point about Dewison. I think the reason Dewison didn't work with us is because he wasn't also able to get those balls. It's a slightly different style of play, which we've yet to develop, and hopefully we can do that. Yeah, I mean, the goals, the goals Malpais scored right against Forest and Bristol City and QBR have shown the calibre technically and you know statistically it's obvious uh, we just need to give him what 300 shots and he'll get 30 goals so let's just do it it's plan B plan B right there okay. there was an incident on, on, on Tuesday again talk to our fans our, our mates our derby mates our derby chums because we like to chum up with the derby fans as you know you're a big chummer yeah we were you're chumming a pe- you're a pedigree chummer yeah we were chumming up with them in a major way actually um, and then uh, we talked to them after the game and they were so oh, absolutely they were, they were probably almost as bad as they were last season when we beat them 4-0 when they were sitting in the pub with their heads down just almost crying and they said to me oh my god we were just like we, we couldn't see the ball as they said in the little package earlier in the second half we, could, we didn't even see the ball because it's down the other end right <laughs> and, going, and they were just sort of joking about the fact that you know they're never going to see the ball again you know that, that whole game but what I'll say to you is that the, the, the Derby fans is um oh, what, what, I can't remember what I was going to say I was, I was getting a bit carried away then so yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, and as we're saying, because there was an incident, a very annoying incident, as I was trying to say at the end of that game. The referee, he decided to drive Thomas himself right up, took the game into his old hands. Because the fact is, like I said to you, our Derby fans were very, very, very nervous about us. They said we don't want Brentford to score. They said it's not going to happen because they said they're all over us. But once they score, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Unfortunately, we scored quite late in the day. We scored in the 86 minute. But even when we scored in the 86 minute, you could feel it was coming. It was coming. There were like four or five minutes of extra time and it was coming. And the ball came down that wing and you felt when that ball was going to come across, you just knew it was going to go in the back of the net. And he blew that whistle and the fans were so annoyed with him. And that's when the boost came out, didn't it? I've got a theory about this, though. Is that, and I, I haven't done my research, so I don't know. But I, last night, the fourth official was Keith Stroud. There were at least two incidents where I reckon the referee had had somebody blowing into his ear and saying, you know, having a little word and saying, you, you should pull this one up, you should pull that one up. And I think Keith Stroud, in the 93rd or 4th minute or whatever it was, said, Oi, blow your whistle. Doesn't matter where Brentford are about to score, blow your whistle. Because as we know, Keith Stroud is the Antichrist. He hates Brentford um, and he'll do everything in his power to make sure that we don't win. So it's interesting you say that the Antichrist, and somebody also described Derby's football as the anti-football as well. So you had the Antichrist running the lines, basically officiating anti-football. I mean, is that the case? Well, you need to ask the Umpire Band about that from last night, because that was uh, obviously the great success of the evening. Um, um, talking about the referee blowing his whistle... We all know, you know, anyone that's watched football for any length of time will know that the majority of full-time whistles happen after a goal kick, which means that a referee will wait for the ball to go out of play. Um, it's like a neutral, not no, a nil advantage area 
and they always give the attacking team one last chance. There's always one last chance in this while the ball's in play. It's like the rug. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to learn anything from Thugby, but you know, the, the, the whistle always goes when the ball, go, yeah, when the ball, when the ball goes out of play. You can't have a final whistle when the ball is in play. It, 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 the, 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 whatever the number that's that held up, whether it's five, ten minutes injury time, it should always be when the ball is out of play. I've, it, it's happened paper, so rarely. On paper, you can. Yeah, but I it's mean, so rarely that it's obviously not. It's obviously not normal because we wouldn't be talking about it. You know, it's, it's an abnormal situation. It really is. Maybe Josh McEachran should have demanded a defibrillator or a neck brace and bought us eight more minutes. Who knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, like you said, Derby fans, lovely sheeple, had to get that in. Um, yeah, but why are we waiting? Oh, why? why what, oh, oh, yeah. There we go. I was waiting for you to make that oh, joke. I'm on the back foot now. Um, yeah, why are we waiting against these rubbish teams, like trying to eke out, eke out a desperate winner, or or trying to? You know, teams like Bristol City trying to stop them from from equalising. And we, apart from Bolton, we um, we we we've not we've not shown enough about killing a game off. We've not even even the Forest game, which is high scoring. We 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 need we need to start killing a game off. And I I really look forward to whoever's on the end of the net of a two goal pounding from us. And, and interesting, you talked about Forest as well. We talked about that because that was another game which I was very very depressed about because I just felt we needed to get that. Forest monkey off our back. Basically, you've been depressed most of this season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's interesting. They lost their third game in a row on, on Saturday, and uh, again, as, as you do, you look around what's happening on social media, and um, absolutely and totally, um, the manager's getting absolutely torn to pieces by Nottingham Forest fans, um, and it just goes to show you again. We talk about this. <laughs> We're sitting down there talking about the fact that we've only won one game in ten and we're a little bit disappointed. Forest have lost sort of three games in a row and they basically want to tear their manager apart, you know what I'm saying? Um, and again, it's the grass is greener type scenario. We, in our own little bubble, we get frustrated, we get annoyed, but we don't know what's going on in other people's worlds. I mean, I talk to a lot of other bloggers and people and other fans, I talk to them all the time to find out what's going on. And it's interesting to hear what's going on in Burnham City's world, you know what I'm saying? To hear what's going on in Bristol City's world. I mean, Bristol City, they're like, you know, worst game we played against you. We've, we've, we've been much better ever since then, you know what I'm saying? So everyone else has got their own little pockets where they also have their gripes, their hates, their, their, their you know... Derby County, can you imagine what's going on in Derby County's world at the moment now? You know, Rowett must be sort of going to get, get moving to sort of, not public enemy number one, but he's moving on the sort of kind of like, mm, we can't be doing this anymore. You know, Mark Warburton at Nottingham Forest at this moment in time, it might change in two or three weeks' time, but the Forest fans, after how long? After nine or ten games this season, are properly on his back in a major way. That I'm looking at this thinking... Is it going to last, or is this kind of just one of those typical fan things? You get a couple of two or three bad results, and uh, and they get on your on your back. So, I think the thing that I'm just trying to say now is that we're not the only team in this type of frustration bubble. Yeah, but you see, you know, you've, you've, all those teams that you mentioned, Derby and um, Forest, you know, they they, they this this managerial merry-go-round that goes on there. It, it, it is it doesn't breed long term long term success and you know that's not to say we need to stick with a manager just for the sake of it but you know it, it doesn't work you know change, just because it, you know four or five game like losing streak get rid of someone get someone else in spend a load more money it doesn't it just doesn't work 
I think a few fans as well are asking who do you actually if you were going to get rid of someone who do you get rid of do you get rid of the director of football do you get rid of Thomas Frank do you get rid of uh, O'Kelly do you, get, do you get rid of do you get rid of Dean Smith who, who, who is who is culpable we've got a, do we get rid of the the director of culture or whatever you know she's on her probation period best of luck to her um, you know she's inheriting quite a nice deal in a new role but it's this, this is this, this relativity and I know, I know a lot of people seem to get offended and a little bit insecure about us talking to other fans but it, it's really funny because you, you, you do find that apart from Bolton and Burton fans everyone else thinks there's still potential for their team to go up it, it, it's great it's, it's, it's like the first lap of a Formula 1 uh, race or, or it's like or, or we're in the pack we're in the pack at the start of the London Marathon we, we, we still think we can do it however I suppose we're just we're just not getting what we feel we deserve and I suppose that's that's the killer teams teams that feel they're getting more or, or what they deserve probably probably can feel like they're it's justified the results but we're, but we're not it's absolutely no good talking about changing management who you're going to get rid of because Matthew Benham made it very plain last night after the game is that you know by tweeting which he does very rarely after games I can't remember I can't recall the last time he did it um, he quite clearly uh, tweeted out that it was a deliberate policy to show that he ain't, he ain't prepared to make any changes, nobody's going anywhere and we'll continue in the same way, which you know, as the owner of the football club he's perfectly entitled to make that decision so what it does is it cuts it cuts out any sort of rubbish that people like me might be wanting to talk about, you know, should we need, should we make changes at the top should Dean Smith go or whatever? Because Matthew Benham, who owns the football club, has put in mi- hundreds of millions of pounds in the football club, has said, I ain't changing it. So fine, Matthew, you own it. You can make those decisions, but you live by them as well. And we're going to talk, and I think it's, it's quite important to bring up and to say exactly what Matt Benham is. Well, Matt Benham, who's the Brentford owner, tweeted last night after yesterday's game, obviously quite frustrated with... Um, Probably the feedback that's been going around, the chat's been going around, not from only from yesterday, from probably the last few weeks. So he just put it out there. A really excellent performance tonight from a young, hungry side, created a vast majority of chances, what he said. Then he followed up saying, I think the moaners must have been watching a different game. So that's very much pointing his finger at people that were criticising whatever was going on. Um, everyone's got their right of opinion, and we always say that. But that, to me, and we're going to discuss this in a minute to say exactly what was he meaning about what you know what he said in his tweet, and then and then the last and then the last one that he said is that obviously people have said you know that people weren't booing at the team, they were booing at the referee. So he said, yes, I know the boos at the end were for the ref, but two can't see how constantly getting on the backs of players during in capital letters the game helps the team. So basically, and. When we met him, what, a year ago, a year and a bit ago, when we went through that bad run as well, we met him, and he said exactly the same thing when he said to us, he said, look, I'm talking to you, and he says, look, we've got a young team, I remember Swift was in the side, and people were getting on their backs badly, absolutely cutting them off, and he said to me, listen, uh, look, people could say what they want about me, could say what they want about anything else, but I don't understand why they're getting on the backs of the team. They're a young team, they're a developing team, and they ain't going to play any better with people getting the backs of him. And it's obviously something that is quite close to his heart and kisses them off, basically. Well, well, thankfully, the players aren't on Twitter during the game. No, they, they, there's, the, there's the saving grace, because I think a lot of the, lot of the negative comments were happening on Twitter. The players wouldn't have heard... Any, you know, they wouldn't have heard it during the game. I don't think. I thought support last night was pretty, pretty good. To be honest, I thought um, Peter Gillam did a really good job of rallying us for the second half. Um, 
yeah, the, the atmosphere was flat to start with. I think there is a bit of an irony that, um, that Matthew Benham has to defend the, the, his team. You know, without you know, and this is not this is not you know sucking up to him, but without his ambition and his backing, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are now. So then, to quite question, you know, his ambition and his backing is this like is this like it's flawed on, on many levels. And I and I, and I have to I have to say as well that the attendance figures for the last two games have been really really poor. And let's come back to this as well. The attendance figures, say for the Reading game, from what I can understand, was nine thousand eight hundred. For the Reading game, obviously for the Norwich, it's 4,800 cup game. And for Derby, it was 8,600. Um, so you're saying those attendances are poor. What I'll also emphasise on that one is there's the unwritten sort of kind of rule or the unwritten thing that happens is like if you get 8,600, that includes season ticket holders that probably haven't turned up. So if 1,000 people or 1,500 people haven't turned up, like the Lord Lucan wasn't there yesterday, but he's included here. He wasn't included in the 8,600 that's there. So we're probably talking about more like maybe even seven and a half thousand, or even down to yeah, seven thousand fans but, but, in the ground. But where where does that help? You know, where does that, where does that help anyone? Because then you know you've got you've got a, a, a swathe of people that are saying you know that you know having a, a seventeen and a half thousand stadium is really unambitious, and then you know have a couple of couple of like a month and a half, two months of a season that you know it hasn't quite gone as we planned, and then they're not turning up anymore. And then you got you know Bolton who had an absolute mother of all all attendance, um, mother of all um, starts of the season, and they're getting sixteen thousand. So you know I, I think staying the people that have stayed away, I, I want to know. I'd, I'd love to know who not who they are as in individually. I mean this isn't a. All not right, a, all right it was me. I promised months ago to take my missus to a comedy yeah, night. No, all right. You're one. You're no, no, is this witch hunt? No, exa- I feel like Matthew Benham right now. It's, it's exactly what I don't mean. It is not a witch hunt, but there is there's thousands, there's thousands of people that aren't aren't going. And are these are they new? Are they a newer fan or are they an older fan? Fed up, fed up fan. Yeah, fed up fan. But really. I don't know, but you've got to ask a question because people have got the right to be fed up. Sometimes no, you no, think I, I, I agree. I agree. They've got everyone's got the right to do everything they want, you know. And I'm not no, at no stage on this podcast do we ever preach, you know. We we always try and get over the a, a balance with a liberal outlook with a small L. Well, actually, maybe that's pushing it a bit far. No, but we, it was kind of like we try and we do try and see things both ways, and then we come down on the side of. Experience what what our time as a Brentford fan, what our time in this division has, has, has shown to us. But would you really? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I've not seen one thing. As a Bolton fan, I'd want to stay away. But as a Brentford fan, I'm not so sure. As a Derby fan, I want to stay away. You know, watching that, it'd be interesting to know what their attendances are like at the um, wherever it is, Pride Park that they play. Um, but I, I would rather fans. You know, if you're not committed to the team. If you're likely to sort of have a few jeers and a few boos, I would actually rather you stayed away and left it to the people who appreciate what decent football is about. Well, we did a bit. We did a bit. There was a, there was a, no. I, I there were there were a few sort of moans and groans from the not, back of not, the Ealing Road. Not to the players. Okay, but but there were still a few moans and groans, and that that, that grows out. There have been times when, look, and I can't remember what it was, but there was one specific, 
specific occasion when a ball didn't come off. I think it was from Sawyer's, played played a normal ball, and there was a loud groan from the crowd. And that really does not does not help. It cannot help the players in that way. And I'm always being sort of slightly precious about this, but if you aren't prepared to buy into the vision, then actually stay away until the vision is realised. Now that's, you know... That's a, that's a pretty sort of elitist thing to say, but it bores me. I mean, I had a big row, uh, and it probably was Bristol City game, is there were two people who aren't... We, we all stand in roughly the same place on the Eden Road, so everybody knows. And there were two guys, um, middle-aged guys, who obviously were not regular supporters, but spent the entire first half talking about their life, where they'd been on holiday, uh, what their jobs were like, etc., etc. And eventually I had to turn around and say to them, excuse me, you know, because they were talking loud, can you just either concentrate on the game, or if you want to talk about it, there's four pubs you can go to around the ground if you just want to have a chat. And these people said to me, oh, yeah, 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 all you Brentford fans, you're never very welcoming, are you? The answer is, come and concentrate and look at the game and see the great football that we're playing. Don't come along and treat Brentford as a social occasion. And I hate myself for saying it, but I'd far rather there were 7,500 loyal supporters there than 12,000 hangers-on. I mean, I've been saying that for years, mate, but you know, that's a different story altogether. I will will try and provide a uh, counterpoint to that. Um, you know, the, the, the people, football fans are fickle. Dave was talking earlier. I am so fickle. I got the season ticket, you know, for um, decades now, um, and I will enjoy it. And it's my right as a football fan, as a paying punter, to boo and put the thumbs up, thumbs down. And I'm watching a bunch of lads doing what I would do, what I pay to do on a Sunday for hundreds of thousands of pounds more uh, each year. Uh, and it's an absolute privilege and people have the community behind them and I think uh, the people I don't know I would say some people maybe would be disappointed in Matthew Benham biting I mean he, he's no Vincent Tan uh, you know but uh, we're um, yeah I, I think, I think he, one of his great qualities is he, he's got that perspective he's, he's a calm individual um, and I can understand where people where people are coming from especially if you spent money as well or you opted into that into that ill-fated uh, Littlewood style cup scheme, the pyramid scheme, where you got your cup games added onto your to your season ticket. Um, yeah, and you, you spend a lot of time and money, and you're not really seeing much in return. And when we when we are going behind early or we are looking flat, that's I think that's worse. I think I think the roller coaster of win a game, lose a game, or lose four three, or win three two is is is, is great for football. But when we're sort of surrendering one all at home now, which we seem to be doing, or meekly giving up 2-0 away from home, that, that's the worst-case scenario for a fan. It, it just becomes all about the pit-up with your mates uh, or, or catching up with your long-lost brother and talking about the holidays and then being shouted down by Nick. I think, I, think um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want any Brentford fan to stay away. I would never, I would never want that. What, what, I do, what I do think we don't need is fans that turn up every week demanding that we win. You know, that, that's, that is never going to happen. We, we have to remember we are Brentford. We're not Man Even Man City don't win every week. And he, you know, even, you know, look at Liverpool. Liverpool were under loads of grief last night for, for not converting their chances. 
you know, it, it, what what we what we see is, um, you know, this is like a, a common occurrence during the game, no matter what level you play at. And um, you know, and that's, this is why, you know, maybe maybe I'm an old fart, and I and I look back at um, our history, but you know, you you have to look at where we've come from and what kind of club we are. And that's not to say we're, you know, through the 70s and 80s where we massively underachieved and most of the 90s. But, you know, we, 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 are, we are who we are and we have to be proud of who we are. And, and I love that song. You know, we're a fine old team, to, you know, it's a fine old team to play for, it's a fine old team to see. And if you know your history, it's enough to make your heart go. And it's about, it, that's what it's about to me. It's about knowing where you've come from. And if, unless you know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. And, and I, I say, don't get confused. Don't, don't demand to win every week. And just and talk about not demand to winning every week as well. And the team that we were, and the team that and the team that we played first game of the season, we were very disappointed. That we got a loss against. We should have beaten them as well. They're now beating Wolverhampton Wanderers, who spent loads of money. They're beating them two 0 as well. So Sheffield United fans, our blade mates up there, who uh, have been they've been very very um, diplomatic and everything like that when they've talked about our season. They said you guys should be all right. You should be all right. You should be all right. But they seem to be doing well themselves. They've got the momentum, fair play as well. But they've also got a very good manager, and they've got some sort of system there that's just confusing teams, obviously. The Liberal. I'm going back to Dave's point about the crowd. Um, we played like Arsenal on the field, um, tippy tappy football, and not necessarily able to convert it. Able to convert it. And um, I'm slightly concerned is that we're also turning into Arsenal in terms of supporters as well. I mean, this gives me a good chance to, 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 to indulge on my rant, um, which has been missing for, for most of this season. I mean, the, the complaints that there were about the Cologne fans coming along to Arsenal, the Cologne fans came along and created an atmosphere at the Emirates Stadium that Arsenal fans haven't seen since the Emirates was built. Um, and that's because people who go and watch Arsenal, the... Uh, probably a large minority of those people go along because to be seen that they're supporting a football team they go along to uh, enjoy a uh, nice glass of Camino Sauvignon before the match um, they then uh, arrive five minutes late for the kickoff. Um, half time comes five minutes before half time they go to make sure they're ahead of the queue to have a gin and tonic they come back ten minutes late because they're queuing for the lavatory in the second half and then they leave ten minutes before the, the finish of the game um, to make sure that they can catch they, they can get a seat on the tube that is everything I hate about modern football and uh, what I don't want to see at Brentford is us attracting supporters like that. What I want us to have is a crowd that is passionate, that comes in, that, that, that debates loudly before the game, that debates loudly after the game, but while they're at the game, for those 90 minutes, are cheering on the team and they're watching 45 minutes of football in either half as well. You know, none of this messing around. Because modern football is... Cr modern football is crucifying the atmosphere and unless we unless we do something about that we're going to be sitting in stadiums watching it through virtual reality and I hate it and it'll be interesting next season if that, that sky deal the midweek sky deal comes through where you play, uh, players players and fans can uh, they can do the red button watch their team and we'll see that that might kill the midweek industry of football 
uh, people staying on the sofa. It's just interesting as well, you know, listening to sort of younger fans, sort of late teens, early 20s, a lot of them are now complaining at the away games that the atmosphere is getting ruined by people complaining constantly about people standing up, singing, blocking views, people being too merry, they're insisting on, you know, in these giant, soulless, empty stadiums and sitting in their seat with the exact number on. So, so it's not perfect either, and it's not been perfect either for us for ages as well. And I, I think, I don't know, I, I disagree slightly with Nick because I would love, I'd love us to have 17,000 fans um, in the new stadium, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and we, we, we can, and, and fill all those corporate seats that we're going to have with all the, with all the posers from Glaxo or, or what have you, and then and then uh, behind the goal have, have five thousand really really passionate fans. It still, it still does worry me like immensely that we're we're always we're always a handful of defeats or a handful of poor results away from moan. From, no, from calamity, and we're all, and we're also like always. We're like maybe like eight games away from people staying away in their droves. It's the beauty of the championship, though. Championship, you have a good month, you are going up. You have a bad month, you are going down. It plays into our fickle nature. It's lovely. If, if, if we want the expected, we go watch a film or we go go watch a play. But we, we come here and it's a gamble, and you might win buzzing. You, you know, you might end up buzzing, or you might have the greatest laugh, or you might be heartbroken. And we, we, we've had a lot of the negative side this season, but for the last five years, we've had, we've had quite a good little run. We've, we've had loads of fun, and, and it's yeah, I, I, I think we're still getting good returns. But it's having that perspective, and like you said, like you said, if it's I suppose it will be at Christmas. What will we be doing if we are still in trouble? If we are still in the bottom eight? Will the directors of football act? Will they go and get people in? Will they get loanees in who looking to sign in the summer? Or will they say, right off the year, let's just stay in this division and let's, and let's kick on next year? My, my hunch is, and again, based on nothing, my hunch is the people that are demanding the most are the ones that are staying away. I entirely agree. Entirely agree that um, you know they're the ones who who phone up six oh six and all these radio talk shows and complain bitterly about how my about no 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 about how my team Brentford is failing and you know we were promised all these big new ambitions and it's failing around it's the it's the newer people and you know and. Why should, we take any why should we take any notice of them then? I don't think it's the newer people. I think it's a mix. I, 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 think, I think there's people who are new to the championship, like, like the club is, and we don't really know how to... We don't really know where we stand at the minute. Um, yeah, if you look at wages, we're in relegation. You look at performance, we're, we're you know, in terms of placement, we're, we're mid-table. But you look at on the pitch, and you'd probably say we're, we're, in, we're in the, in the, in the chance of the playoffs. Then you've got a load of fans that don't want to, don't want to go up, don't want to be in the Premiership. You've got other people that probably sell their souls to see Brentford in, even lose five 0 every week in the Premier League at Old Trafford and Anfield and, and Emirates. Uh, and then there's other people who wouldn't think it's the end of the world, myself included, if we did drop down and then, and then we pop back up from League One on a, you know, in a blaze of glory into a new stadium to, to play Fleetwood in front of 5,000 people. Oh, and, and as you said, oh, Birmingham City have just gone 1-0 up against Sheffield Wednesday. It's really sad that we sit down there and we're, uh, we're looking to see how the Birmingham City do as we, we predicted that um, Lee Carsley would actually do it. I spoke to my mate Davo, who does the videos down at Birmingham as well, and as we chatted to him, and I said to him, Davo, I'm 
Lee Carsley, mate, he's going to do all right for you, and he looks like he has. But listen, just finishing it on a little bit of a up, a little bit of a high, or no, a little bit of interesting, because we've got to look towards the future. And one of the players that is the future that we think for Brentford, we've got no idea what he's going to be like playing for us, but he's playing all right in Denmark. He's playing for a team which is, I think, still top of the Danish league, which is uh, Norders, is it Nordersland? Nordersland, Nordersland, yeah. and it's Emiliano uh, Mekondis. And uh, we had our besotted Danish source out there, and he actually spotted him, uh, I think it was yesterday, driving his Peugeot, driving it around in Denmark, our, spot, our, our source out there. So he's obviously, uh, well, he's obviously very excited. I mean, I don't even know why I mentioned that, actually, but I think I just wanted to deviate it away from the fact mm. that we're talking about all sort of down and and, and down. But it's also interesting, because if you look at Makondis, and he's literally just only just gone onto Twitter himself as well, but he puts down his location as where he lives is London. It's not Denmark, it's not Stockholm. Oh, not Stockholm, it's he's not just, Copenhagen. He's, he's just trying to throw that Danish stalker off. <laughs> you know, so he's done that. So he's done that. So he's, he's in his head, he is already here. So we look forward to him uh, coming in January and see what he can actually bring to the party. Can I, um, just wish Marcus Gull a happy birthday. Oh, it's... Uh, that's Marcus Gale's birthday. We had no idea it was Marcus Gale's birthday. That's what they were singing. That's what they were singing. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, yeah, Marcus... Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Marcus. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Saturday. It's seventh time lucky for Brentford as we go up to Middlesbrough and we're going to play them for the seventh time in a number of years. We haven't played them for a while before that and we've played them six times and out of those six times we have lost six times. So hopefully Saturday will be seventh time lucky as we go to the Riverside Stadium and hopefully are able to turn this passing possession, throwing the ball around business and actually put the ball in the back of the net. Personally, and I'm going to say this already, I think that we've got more of a chance of doing it against um, them than we do against Derby because I don't think they're going to be jamming up their defence and they'll be playing decent football. So it's going to be a case okay, so of two decent teams playing decent football, but we need to make sure our defence is up for the game. Um, if things are going as we think it may be, it looks like Mepham might, might be playing on Saturday or maybe it might be Egan, we don't know. But we'll just have to see how that goes. But we're going up to Borough. At the end of the day, we kind of like we're not going up there expecting or wanting to win because we always go up to Borough for the laugh because it is always a good away day. I know a lot of characters haven't had a great time up there, but we always seem to have a proper laugh when we go up there. And what's even better, it's the Orange Pip Festival as well. Baker Street, it's got a big festival outside, there's all sorts of music and beer and food and drink and stalls and everything like that. Similar, but it's probably smaller than the Huddersfield Festival that we went to last season. So we're going to go. Land straight in, get there at 11 o'clock, straight to the Orange Pit Festival in Baker Street, just outside the Twisted Lip, and we'll be there. And I've even signed up for the rock karaoke as well after the game, where I'll be doing the old Hey Jude. Only if we win, of course. You know what I'm saying. But I'm looking forward to Borough. Win or lose, we'll be on the booze and we'll be just enjoying ourselves and meeting our Borough mates up there. And it's going to be a right crack. Laney. Oh, um, oh. I'm getting up at ridiculous o'clock to go to Middlesbrough on Saturday and I really don't know what to expect. You know, we we know that it's going to be probably the toughest game of our season. 
we go there probably expecting defeat, if I'm honest with you, but knowing that anything is still possible. They lost last night at home. Uh, Norwich got a goal, and you know that they're, they're not invincible. Apparently, Norwich did a, uh, a derby, derby last night. Yeah, we're not we're not going to do that. You know, if, if we go if we go one up, we'll we go looking for two. Um, so yeah, I, I, I go there looking for a great day out. It's a long way to go to find a decent craft pub. I have to admit. We we got some good chums up there. Yeah, chumming. We'd be chumming ourselves, wouldn't we? Oh, chumming, chum, chum to the hilt. And um, you know, yeah, I, I, I go there hope, hoping that we, could, we 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 own one. We we own two probably. Well, we're not going to get two. We'll just get hopefully one on Saturday. Uh, we, we win three 0 Yeah, I'm, I'm with Dave. I'm with Dave. I I think in classic Dean Smith style. Now we've got the bounce back ability. Let's get in and around the box. Um, yeah, it seems like Gary Monk seems to have in, inherited that problem from his predecessors that not making Middlesbrough particularly high scoring. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this could be one of them ones where they might underestimate us and actually, like, like you said, Bill, play the way we want them to play and, and complement our game. I've, I think this could be a high scorer one. I think it could be 3 2 either way. I'm disappointed that you're only turning up for 11 o'clock on, you know, Saturday. I, I'll, I'll get there Friday night, you know. Uh, Friday night I'll be tucking into what the best of Baker Street can provide. I'm quite looking forward to it. I love Millsborough, actually. It's a really, really good away, away trip. And, I mean, it is ludicrous. It just, it just shows the state of public transport in this country. It's actually cheaper for me to fly up from Exeter to Newcastle and back. Um, than it is to catch a train from London up to Middlesbrough. Absolutely stupid. However, um, what are we going to do up there? Middlesbrough lost on lost Tuesday night. They're going to be looking for to make a, a, a thing on their crowd. I can't. I wish. I wish I could see us getting any type of result, even a draw there. But I think we are going to go down, battling, playing beautiful football. Um, playing tippy-tappy, we're not going to be able to score a goal and Middlesbrough are going to hit us on the break and they're going to win 2-0. Come you bees, listen, it's all going to turn around on Saturday. 2-1 to the mighty, mighty bees. No one's expecting that. Absolutely 2-1 to the mighty bees. We're going to go up there and we're going to do them because no one's going to be expecting that. And we are... We, we, listen, we play decent football, but look, I'm going to come back to it as well just quickly. We've got our social coming up, the next home game of the season. Saturday the 14th at midday, we've got Bobby Booker who's going to be in the boozer chatting. Uh, he's going to be Bobby Booker unfiltered, which means that he is going to be telling it as it is. So Bobby Booker unfiltered at a boozer. Just go to Besotted, you'll see a banner there. You can sign up and then we'll give you the details. We're, we're, we're a little bit behind at the moment now because we've got lots of things on, but hopefully by the weekend we'll mail you out and you'll know exactly what's going on. Sign up for that and then there's all sorts of goodies that will be coming to you as well. Um, and we've also got our social dates which have been uh, sorted. We've got provisional dates being put in. We were going to be back at the brewery at Christmas time as well. Hey, hey, as well. Hey. This, is the, this is the Fullest Brewery, yes, hey, we will be. Back. Yeah, they let us back in, yeah. Oh, oh, there. So we've got that, we'll give you the date for that Not as well. Only can we arrange a piss up in a brewery, we can arrange two. Yes, that's right, yeah. And that's going to be actually very limited tickets because we, we can only do a certain amount of tickets because, it's, because people got so. <laughs> it's legendary. Yeah. The, pe- the people that went the first time are just sobering up now. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was quite a good do. Uh, so listen, uh, get your liver in order. Get your liver in order. 
Look at you, the, no, the Fuller's Brewery is an absolutely fantastic place. We had a brewery tour beforehand. We had um, some bees players that you know we need to pull in, and uh, and it was just a great event. Everyone was really friendly. Everyone was really happy. It was it was quite Christmassy beforehand as well. So we've got that as well. We have got Bobby Booker, like I said, Everybody the next home game. You know, you know, no, people were a bit, but people were not nicely, nicely merry. They had a really good yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and also the end of season um, social has been sorted out as well. So we've got that as well. We're going to get a couple of special guests. So we've got that coming to the to the last game of the season. So we're being very organised at the moment now. So it's good. But coming back to this Saturday. Borough. If you're there, Orange Pit Market, Baker Street, we'll see you up there. But as far as we can say, on the, on my predictions, sorry about this. 2 1. 2 1. Yeah, so is they, as we're going to say, come on, you Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.